0: all right let's get rolling here again so this idea of navigating forward part two we're going to begin with some current events stuff and some uh, again I'm not speaking at any of this from a political way so you don't you don't have to get all scared so what's he gonna say um but uh, this is an honest stepping back comment things I I really want to address because we've we've been watching the news um, and if you're not you haven't heard but you should have by now the U.S. Capitol and the presidential election stuff that's going on Uh, our friends our dear saints in Christ uh, brothers and sisters in Christ in the states are having a hard time and many of them are fighting against each other which is crazy it happens so how do we approach this I don't want to give a trite response. I want to give an honest one. Even if I'm not fully doing what I'm suggesting here, uh, this is me speaking to me as well. But let's remember this when this stuff comes up because it's easy to get polarized and get swung or pulled into one side or the other. Um, But don't let your first reaction drive your emotional response. May your spirit drive you to pray. I know my first response is not always the best. And the more time I take to contemplate and meditate and stop and think, and I'm increasing it in 2021, I'm already noticing that I'm able to look back at my first responses to a situation or conversation and realize, huh, I didn't plan that conversation well or plan my intentional response very well. And so before we get all negative and scream at people and say, they're going to hell, they're this, they're evil, blah, blah, blah we are all children of god that's a fact so instead of fighting against each other maybe we should pray for each other maybe deep in us um the pain we see going on around us should almost cause us to tear up and and cause us to pray for those who are hurting to pray for those that disagree with us where we think we're right on a particular topic, Lord, soften our hearts to be teachable to see something we're not seeing. Um, Another thing that this is, this is big. And this is why I'm doing this current uh, events uh, start to today's message, because (laughs) you would not believe how many emails and text messages and Facebook messages I'm getting in the last couple months from folks asking is this a sign of the end times this is not capital N capital O capital T not a sign of end times or the end of the world our hope is not in the news headlines but it's rather in Christ folks our news headlines can drive us to think the world's coming to an end well if you lived in another part of the world where there's constant wars uh, and you you believe this idea of the end of the world's coming like man it would have happened many many times over so please 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 be at peace christ is your peace he's in charge of what's going on i'm not going to get into the topic of c- god's in control uh or manipulating i don't think he's a manipulator at all i think he's a participator he i think he knows what's going on and because he has foreknowledge doesn't mean he's manipulating and controlling does he know how to guide events yes i totally think so because our story today is going to actually we're going to see that firsthand and at least that's what i will get out of the story so anyway this whole idea of the the u.s election stuff folks if nothing else it's going to reveal stuff that's got to be dealt with next the virus the virus spread in vaccines yes it's scary and yes we have polarizing opinions even on our leadership team we have Varying opinions of what to do, uh, um, you name it. And, and it, get, it, it gets pretty animated sometimes too. But we've got a relationship that allows us freedom to express our opinion, knowing it's not going to get shot down as if that's a stupid idea. We don't do that. This is about trust and love. And I think that's amazing. It's a rare, rare thing. Trust me, I've not seen this very, very often. So even with the differing opinions, Here's a fact. Everyone is affected by this pandemic. You're not special. You're not alone. You may be handling it differently than others. Some might be able to handle it better and you may be having a really hard time. But let's be kind and allow our terminology and opinions to leave us open to conversation, not to shut it down when we respond to somebody say you're wrong or that's a stupid idea immediately we create a divide and a wall we got to find better language to speak to one another about this and i'm speaking to myself too because uh, some conversation conversations haven't gone well others have gone very well because i'm learning from all this and again this vaccine is not capital N, capital O, capital T, not the new entry of the mark of the beast. okay. Some people have asked me that as well. I've get honestly you would you'd be surprised, oh my goodness, of how many comments I've get I'm getting and questions I'm getting on this. And here's a, a, a copy and paste from a, a, a link or an article I saw online. That just summed it up real quick for us. Uh, Why? Because this mark of the beast, Revelation 13 whatever, is a mark that is closely tied to the worship of the beast. Thus, the mark of the beast is a mark of loyalty and devotion to the beast. They can't sneak it into you via some chip, okay? Uh, Even if you take a look at the vaccine uh, needle tips, there's a totally different size if they're going to microchip you, okay? It's a huge... So. Oh my goodness, Uh, if you're still living from a place of fear that the end of the world's coming, I'm going to beg you to revisit your eschatology and at least explore other hope-filled perspectives. You may not have to, you don't have to agree with me. I'm not asking for agreement. I'm asking to research intently. Don't just take what you were fed your entire life uh, on this topic and think that's the way it is. Never, Never challenge it. We need to challenge this stuff. All right, so this is my strong opinion on this. Lastly, um, let's spin the 2020 year into something better. Um, There's some positive things we can look back on uh, that happened in 2020. Number one, this is good and bad, unfortunately. It has brought to the surface unresolved issues in relationships. Um, some couples are splitting up some couples that were splitting up are getting back together uh, it's it's a crazy thing going on um, in in your home the patterns that have never been addressed are coming to the surface and it looks like fighting's going on in the house well that's an opportunity this is a great opportunity to work through some problems that have been laying dormant or un not visited um I think these things are good. Uh, in the church world, it's, it's revealing unresolved issues. I think in the church world, we're seeing what church really is and what it isn't. And where we've been fake about what church is. And now we're seeing, hey, wait a minute, the real church, it's people. Just like Gail's story today. I think this whole idea of uh, the lockdowns, if you want to call them that, or stay at home more often, wording is better. Um, it has slowed down a speeding world. We keep talking about the world being rushed, and we're busy, 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 but it's slowing us down a bit. It's forcing us to uh, take stock of what's around us, what's most important in our lives. And since we don't know how to slow down, the world forced a slowdown, and I think that's that's something to look at. It's also causing us to um, connect with others with greater intention. Um i've noticed this in my job like it's it's i have to actually call people or zoom them or reach out intentionally you know to make connections where before it was more as i was going dropping in on people blah 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 blah. i can't do that right now um it's harder it's actually harder to stay connected with people and you end up finding out who you really need to stay connected to and here's the here's something i really found out because i i've got some really good friends that i don't talk to a lot But the moment I connect, it's like, boom, right back to where we left off. Um, No sense of a gap. Uh, And that's really cool because it confirms uh, a neat friendship that has been there and confirms that, hey, this is an authentic friend. And I thought that was really neat. Um, here's something else that's kind of cool. The world pollution has significantly decreased. Polluted waters are getting cleaner. If you remember back to the early parts of the pandemic, there were some stories of some rivers in Italy that were suddenly, you can see fish. And honestly, if you begin to do a Google search, if, do this later, but find out what, has, what things have improved in 2020, you're going to find a lot of, of the, in the, in the uh, ecology of the world. Things are slowly uh, getting better. Um, I was just reading an article today in BBC. Um, In fact, Bruxy Cavey was, uh, um, um, they did a story on him and, and this whole idea of spirituality and the hunger for spirituality, that people are hungry to learn about this god who is god you know go back to faith that um, was maybe planted a long long time ago and uh, we're seeing more and more people watching from even here at hope fellowship we see people watching across canada united states and around the world people chiming in saying hello where they're from man that just lights me up i mean it's exciting we would never have met them had we not moved to this kind of a format more intentionally so um really positive things it's it's not all bad uh, science breakthroughs oh my goodness um th- there's so many things that are going on in fact even the vaccines one of the fastest vaccines that have been prepared uh but keep in mind they've done research in the past and built on that and this really helped us get to, to where we are today so current events don't let them scare you don't let them create a brand new fear that's unnecessary i know last year we began talking uh, a lot about fear and how to shift our focus from fear to faith and uh anyway that, that's why I, I brought all this up i hope i hope that was a little bit encouraging it's also epiphany on the sixth we had the celebration of epiphany and this is where the i think the greek, greek orthodox church celebrates the the coming of the magi the wise men um and, and for some honestly I know some of you have taken your trees down. We've, we've pitched ours out already because, okay, we've had it for a while. But people are just beginning Christmas. For some, the 6th of January is the beginning, and they go right through, to, I think, the 25th of January. I'm not sure what the dates are. It's not my, on my lens uh, or on my radar. But um, there are uh, faith groups, brothers and sisters in Christ, celebrating Christ's birth right now. They're not done. And so I want to recognize them with two really, really good readings. This is a prayer, uh, an epiphany prayer that I thought was really cool. The manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles. Hence, um, the Magi were Gentiles, okay? O God, by the leading of a star, you manifested your only son to the peoples of the earth. Lead us, who know you now by faith, to your presence, where we may see your glory face to see your glory face to face through jesus christ our lord who lives and reigns with you and the holy spirit one god now and forever amen i thought that was really cool this next um reading is uh quite profound not everybody's gonna like it or get it maybe because it's kind of like really deep like over deep but Listen to this carefully. This is written a long, long time ago. All right. The Lord has given us a sign as deep as Sheol and as high as heaven. By the way, the word Sheol has sometimes been translated as hell, uh, but should have been translated as Sheol. Just heads up. So the Lord has given us a sign as deep as Sheol and as high as heaven such as we should not have dared to hope for. How could we have expected to see a virgin with child and see in this child a God with us? Hmm. Who would descend into the depths of the earth to seek for the lost sheep, meaning Uh, meaning the creature he had fashioned and then ascended again to present to his father this man humanity thus regained that's what this whole epiphany concept is where christ has become man to rescue his own creation going down to the depths of the word hell or shale is the better more correct word to take up the lost sheep those who are lost he broke open the 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 gates and got the keys and released everyone oh my goodness what a powerful powerful image to behold on epiphany week last Sunday I think it was they called epiphany Sunday but uh, it was on the 6th that it, uh, epiphany was celebrated by many in the church world navigating forward how do we navigate forward and have strategies to make right choices last week our first point was the attitude of gratitude we begin with contentment and today we'll continue and i think we got five five key points that are going to be brought up but this first one or second one rather uh, the first one was gratitude today it's learn from those who've gone before you you don't know it all (laughs) even though we sound like it sometimes um uh, today's story is probably one of my favorite stories and we're definitely not going to get through it because i'm looking at the time now it's like oh that's all right. this will be that's okay we've got a number of weeks to get through this and i think it's really good i don't want to rush this um, i'm hoping that we can find uh, uh, nuggets of gold diamonds uh, in the story that we can personally relate to so if we hear a story and can't relate to it um, then it's, it's of no no use to us. So today, I, I'm hoping that this story will make a, a significant use to you. All right, let's break it up into scenes because that's how we best can capture um, what's going on. So we're going to begin with Genesis chapter 37. Uh, and this is really cool because uh, this is the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. Uh, this is the the story that led to the uh, Hebrews being in Egypt before they were turned into slaves, before they had to escape into the wilderness with Moses. This is before that, the precursor to all that. But this scene's incredible. In fact, I, I didn't catch this until last night. I was oh, that's so cool. Maybe not for you, but for me, that's really cool. Genesis 37 starts off with this. So Jacob, which is Joseph's dad, settled again in the land of canaan where his father had lived as a foreigner why is that so important well here's where uh, i i thought it was kind of exciting kind of cool um do you remember when joseph becomes the second to the pharaoh uh, later in the story and there's a great famine and then his family comes and gets food and his brothers are there and they you know all that stuff the, and and he meets he finds out he has another brother or um and so on or he knew he had a brother whatever but the point was his family lived far away and when they realized who he was and they he asked for his father to come the whole family moved to egypt i thought that's weird yeah i know there's food in egypt but usually the hebrew people they they like to live where their heritage is well here this this verse just shows us that This, even the land that Jacob was in, his father lived there as a foreigner. It was not the homeland, which is very interesting because that's, that's why he, they had no problem moving to Egypt uh, to be with Joseph. Small tidbit, small rabbit trail, but I thought it was really cool. All right, this is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks, and he worked for his half-brothers. By the way, David, who became king of Israel, also was a young shepherd boy, probably around the same age. So it's very interesting. We have two key leaders in the scriptures in the Hebrew Bible that were of a young age, as shepherds all right this is this is kind of cool it's almost like a prerequisite for good leadership yeah all right uh, and he worked for his half brothers the sons of his father's wives Bila and Zilpah but Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing hmm I think the story's going sideways right away jacob loved joseph more than any of his other children because joseph had been born to him in his old age so one day jacob had a special gift made for joseph a beautiful robe but his brothers hated joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them they couldn't say a kind word to him so a couple things here obviously favoritism not helpful um being a tattletale probably not helpful either um you know in a family with multiple kids one of them can be a tattletale. who did it and suddenly the one tattletale kid said sounds how did it and they point right away all snooty well that kid gets beat up later and or pinched and ostracized by the other siblings it's it, it's crazy how it happens or worse in this context these are half brothers how many families have Uh, come together in a blended family where you have um, two divorced people come together there they're married now but they have children they bring children to the uh, family Um, remember the Brady Bunch right that was a a story from a long long time ago and there was that's a blended family in a time where blended families were not popular and the Brady Bunch was all about that and just dealing with the siblings and how they got along, and uh, I tell you, there's tensions. There's there's usually tensions, and so as soon as uh, one parent says something, the kids of that parent they favor and they they gang up. They that's what happens. So here, dad shows extreme favoritism to Joseph and gives him a special special robe, and so the brothers recognize. This. So th- now we're we're going to start building um, a kind of a list of of problems that have contributed to Joseph's life here and I think you'll you'll catch what I'm doing once we get going here one night Joseph had a dream and when he told his brothers about it they hated him more than ever listen to this dream he said we're out in the field trying to bundle Uh, tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. Isn't that wonderful? His brothers responded, So you think you will be our king, do you? You actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. You start adding up these frustration points. These brothers are building up a tension. Something's going to blow, okay? Like, I'm pretty sure because I read the story before. Soon, Joseph had another dream. And again, he told his brothers about it. Maybe that's not a great idea. But anyway, he said, listen, I've had another dream, he said. The sun and the moon and 11 stars bowed low before me sure he had to mention 11 because that's how many brothers he had so there we go that's where he knew about his youngest brother this time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers but his father scolded him what kind of dream is that he asked will your mother and i and your brothers actually come to bow to the ground before you while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. So, here's some wisdom to some children. It's maybe not always wise to express everything you're thinking. Sometimes the inside voice needs to stay inside. <laughs> well, there's more. Soon after this. Joseph's brothers went to pasture their father's flocks at Shechem. When they had been gone for some time, Jacob said to Joseph, your brothers are pasturing the sheep in Shechem. Get ready. I will send you to them. I'm ready to go, Joseph replied. Okay. Do you remember back at the very, very beginning of the story? It says Joseph told his father some unpleasant things facts about the brothers and how they're behaving so he was a kind of a a title tale a spy camera for dad so here dad sends his spy camera out again and clearly joseph still doesn't get it because he's responding willing i'm ready to go sure dad you know no problem there so he didn't have a clue (sighs) when joseph's brothers saw him coming they recognized him in the distance maybe it was the fancy colored coat they gave him away maybe (laughs) as they approached they made plans to kill him oh yeah They, they they've had enough that that's it i'm done we're finished here comes the dreamer they said come on let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns we can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him then we'll see what becomes of his dreams Folks, a big lesson here, festering resentment bears fruit someday. Think about it. It'll either fester inward where you become even more and more bitter, which can actually turn into physical manifestations of sickness. I I believe that. I think it it, it all works that way, Uh, or it can turn into an external behavior that will hurt someone. And we just saw this in the States. Same kind of thing. We see it in our, in our neighborhoods. We see it all around us. The U.S. story is not special, okay? It's big, but it's not special. It's not unique. We're, we see it in our own communities, in our own families, the way people hurt each other and, and speak to each other with such harsh hate, hate or um, deep resentment in their tone. Well, it started somewhere maybe we need to stop and think through why are we bitter why are we resentful what acts have led up to this is there some forgiving we need to do that's something we've talked a lot about here at hope fellowship the importance of forgiveness not so much to let them off the hook of of hurts they've caused but for our own journey of healing to forgive from deep within us remember forgiveness is for you it's for me that's who forgiveness is initially for so we may heal and not carry this burden of bitterness and resentfulness along because had joseph's brothers done this they would not even come to the thought of wanting to kill him and they seem to all agree so clearly either joseph was way over the top with his his storytelling and lived in la-la land not aware of the social rules around him i don't know uh, or maybe there was just extra jealousy set up because of the division in the family and the big extra blended family, okay? Because there there's three, three moms in the picture here. Three. So 12 sons, three mothers, one father. Hmm, interesting. You think that can cause dynamics? You betcha. All right, so here's what happened now. All right, Genesis 37, Reuben tried to convince them not to kill. He was planning on actually going back and rescuing him. Um, but he he didn't want his brother to die. He had a good heart. But they attacked Joseph. They stripped him of his robe and threw him into a cistern. Okay, while they were just sitting down to eat, this had just happened, They sat down to eat. And suddenly a slave trade caravan came by just as they're about to eat. And then the guys said to themselves, and Reuben wasn't there, by the way. Hey, how about we don't kill him? Because Remember, Reuben had said earlier, let's not have blood on our hands. So they must have had that seed planted in their mind from Reuben. So when the slave caravan came, they said, hey, let's not kill him. Let's sell him and let's make some money off of this. How cool. Yeah. And so they did. And they got 20 pieces of silver for their brother. I wonder where they're going to spend it. Just things I think about once in a while. Anyway, Reuben becomes aware uh, that his brother's no longer in the cistern. He says, Hey, where's our brother? Where'd he go? And they say, Oh, we sold him. He's gone. And that was it. He was upset. The cover up. This is still scene one. All right. The cover up. So now they've done this bad deed. And Reuben has to play in with this too, because he's, he's part of the group. It's all or nothing. So the brothers killed a young goat and dipped Joseph's robe in its blood. They sent the beautiful robe to their father with this message. They were too chicken to take it to him personally. Look at what we found. Doesn't this robe belong to your son? Oh my goodness. So... This tells you a little bit about the character of these guys. Um, they were willing to do their negative D, but never own it. And so they, they, brought, they sent the robe to dad, knowing full well. You know, of course, dad's going to recognize it because it's a cust, custom robe. Come on. And they said, is this your son? They would not say, is this not our brother's robe? They wouldn't connect that. They, they had a separation right away. They did not see him as their brother. Their father recognized it immediately. Yes, he said, it's my son's robe. A wild animal must have eaten him. Joseph was clearly, has clearly been torn to pieces. When Jacob tore his clothes and dressed himself in burlap, he mourned deeply for his son for a long time. His family all tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. I will go to my grave mourning for my son, he would say. And then he would weep. Whew. That's, a, that's a pretty big deal. So that's scene one. Scene two, we're going to have to do next week because it's already 11 o'clock. But uh, what, what are we supposed to do with this? Here, here is a dad who... Yeah, I can't go to scene two. Here's a dad who is deeply grieving and i wonder if any of the brothers tried to comfort dad how fake would that have been that that's real awkward like the dynamics in this situation are so brutal i don't know i may we never have to face that i i'm just to me this is there's a lot going on in the story that we never really saw before I, I like the story. I think there's so much more coming. In fact, the, the next few um, uh, scenes are going to be quite interesting because they'll lead up to something where it's kind of an encouragement for us to see God's at work in our world. He's not absent from what's going on. Uh, he's already planned in advance for those scenes that we're going to be in later. He's involved in, in a deep way in our personal lives i think next week's story you're gonna you're gonna totally see that i hope so anyway all right let's uh see what else we got here so that was navigating forward part two uh join me next week for part three uh this is this is a fun one because i honestly we need strategic foundations that help shape our decisions how do we navigate forward and and i believe 2021 is going to be a better year by far uh yes we're in a difficult time right now But I think we're going to see much more hope in 2021. 2020 was a year of unexpectation. We just didn't didn't know what to expect, what was going to come. So that's kind of cool. So reminders for those, if you uh, are part of Hope Fellowship and you're enjoying the encouragement you're getting, consider making a donation online, becoming either a regular donor or just once in a while, throw a donation. That'd be awesome. We're going to do a Zoom call right after I, I close off this session. And then those who have annual reports, <clears throat> me, um, make sure you get them in <laughs> by the 20th. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you all next week. All right. Thank you for watching and uh, see in the Zoom call in just a few minutes.